0: Construction in the fields of bodies burning as the war machine keeps turning, death and hatred to mankind. Here we are, the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Saskane, I'm hosting today's program. Look, it's going to be a difficult program today. Lots of things have been happening which we need to digest and give some type of uh, social, political and cultural base to. Uh, If you wonder what Anarchy is all about, Anarchist Society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. That's direct democracy. It's a system where people make decisions and elect or elect or appoint delegates to co- those, coordinate those decisions at a local, regional and federal level. Society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. So it's about uh, the word anarchos, means without rulers. If you look at most of the evils that are occurring in the world today, it's because of inequalities in power and wealth. So an anarchist task is to improve people's lives by being involved in the struggle to devolve power and share wealth now obviously the uh topic in everybody's lips is what happened in christchurch almost a week ago and i just like to begin the program by humanizing the people who were shot dead by reading out their names so because you've got to understand these were men women and children who were shot dead not because they were evil or bad Or had done horrible things They were shot dead because of their religion And to make matters worse They were shot dead while praying in their uh, place of worship So I'd just like to read out their names and their ages So that they will have some space in our hearts Because I'd like to talk about this uh, quite extensively today Mukad Ibrahim aged three. Atta Ilyan, aged thirty-three. Daud Nadi, aged seventy-one. Sayad Milne, aged fourteen. Nayam Rashid, aged fifty. Telha Rashid, aged twenty-one. Zihan Raza, age unknown. Gulam Hussain, age unknown. Karam Bibi, age unknown. Harun Merhot forty 40. Saeed Ja'andad Ali, age unknown. Said Arab Ahmed, age unknown. Sohali Saeed, Faha Hassan. Thirty Hosan Ahmed, forty four Zakaria Buyon Mosmel Hak Omar Farouk, thirty six Abdas Samad, sixty six Haviz Musa Vali Patal, fifty two. Khalid Mustafa Hamza Mustafa, aged sixteen Linda Armstrong, aged sixty five Amjad Hamid, fifty seven Matul Ka Safi, fifty five Hussein El Umari, thirty five Charik Omar twenty four, Lilik Abdul Hamid fifty eight, Mahup Koka sixty five, Rames Vora and Asif Vora, Anzi Alabava twenty four. Junad Kara, Ismail Kara, Mohammed Imran Khan, 38, Ozir Kadir, 25, Monir Suleiman, Ashraf Morozi, Abdul Kadir Ilmai, 70. Musa Nu Awali seventy seven Abdul Fatah Kwazam Ibrahim Kwazam Ali Muhammad Abdullah and Kamal Muhammad Kamal Dawish. It's a long list, isn't it? It's a long list. 50 people. Now, it's interesting that it's taken mass murder on an industrial scale for the society we live in to begrudgingly begin... To acknowledge how the haters are beginning to have such a profound impact on the place where we live and work. Remember, the man responsible for this carnage was one of our own. He'd only been in New Zealand for a year and obviously he'd gone to New Zealand to conduct This action, obviously, he was well aware how easy it is to get semi-automatic weapons legally in New Zealand. So he's one of us. He doesn't come from the Middle East. He didn't come, you know, from the Moon or Mars. And he's not evil or a lunatic or a madman. he described himself as a ideological warrior. A coward, but an ideological warrior. And what we see in this country over a very long period of time is the bubbling up of human excrement covering our feet as a community. And this human excrement that has soiled each and every one of us is a product of our own making. It's a product of vilifying the other. I mean, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people know what it's like to live in the land of Oz. They've known for 232 years, since the invasion began in 1788. And we've seen... Different political parties, different ideological groups, rise up. This excrement has been risen up, covered our feet, up to our knees, and we've seen it stirred for short-term political gain by governments, oppositions, members of parliament, The Murdoch media, the media, as well as obviously these so-called, you know, ideologues of hate. This is nothing new. What we saw in Christchurch is nothing new. If you look at the history of the 20th and 21st century, it was the history of the totalitarian state. We have seen mass murder on an industrial scale and we continue to see mass murder on an industrial scale by people who believe that they are the only ones who are fit to survive in this community, that they are the only ones who are fit to wield power. Totalitarianism is about creating a society where those who control the state have complete power over each and every one of us. Anybody listening to this program, who was a child in the 30s, or possibly even the late 20s, will know what totalitarianism is all about. We have seen it on the left and we have seen it on the right. So these people were slaughtered. There's no no other word to describe it, but a slaughter. These people were slaughtered in their place of worship because of their religious belief. Not because of who they were, not because of the harm they'd done. And we are expected to somehow say to ourselves, well, it's not our problem. And I've been quite amazed by the media coverage. Not just on the World Wide Web, but in our own media. Now, people are peddling backwards, quickly, not taking responsibility for creating that human excrement which has been flapping around our feet, creating that. Now, if I were to... If I, were to I mean, I like, I like to garden. I like to plant things. And I know that if I do certain things certain things will happen to a plant. And this plant of hatred, this plant, which has been planted in our society, which has always been there, has been cultivated. And that's the key word, cultivated, by the very people who are crying crocodile tears regarding the church Christ slaughter. It has been cultivated by political leaders. It has been cultivated by political representatives. It has been cultivated by the mass media. It has been cultivated by the Murdoch media. It has been cultivated in backyards across this country where somehow... The person who is different is somehow a threat to our existence. So these are the roots of totalitarianism. This was not a madman. This person was not evil. He was an ideologue. He and his ilk believe that you need a totalitarian state to expunge the world of what they see as people who are unfit to share the same space with us. Let's not forget the industrial scale of murder in one of the most excessive totalitarian states we have seen, not just, you know, in, in Nazi Germany. Those that were expendable removed. We're not just Jews and gypsies. There were political opponents. There were communists, there were socialists, there are anarchists, there are homosexuals, you know. They're the disabled. This is what anarchism is about. It's about breaking down that power that a centralized authority is able to wield over its citizens. It's about confronting Directly confronting those elements in society who blame the other, who want to create a totalitarian state to make their wet dreams a reality. So let's not forget, this man wasn't born in Kabul. He wasn't born in the Gaza Strip. This man was born in this country. This man was brought up in this country. This man was educated in this country. This man worked in this country. This man had friends in this country. He is one of us. And for us to wash our hands of the massacre in Christchurch without addressing the issue of totalitarianism in this country, the issue of the centralization of power, the issue of demonising minority groups because they are minority groups and they it's difficult for them to fight back. It is time that we accepted that challenge and that responsibility. And if there's one lesson to be learnt turning the other cheek ignoring what's happening around us will not work that's the reality that is the reality now remember this wasn't some you know drone attack where you press a button this was real this was people grappling with the gunman This was people pleading for their lives. This is people being shot at point-blank range. This is not some clinical strike from a bomb, so-called clinical strike from a bomb from a plane, which obviously will do much more damage than this man ever did. But it's worse because it's that human interaction, that inability to understand that the people he was killing were also human beings with lives and futures and families and friends, that inability to be able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And there were many failures. There will always be failures in these situations. But the ultimate fa- fa- f- failure is ours. It's your failure. It's my failure, because we, as a community, as political activists, have not been able to contain this drive to create a totalitarian state which is based on the imposition of a political and social system which is based on excluding others because they may not have the right colour, skin, May not may not be the right religious persuasion. We have seen it continuously in human history. We continue to see it on, in every religious uh, fundamentalist interpretation, whether the Quran or the Torah, you know, or the Bible or the Hindu manuscripts, and the list goes on and on. So let's f- remember, he is one of us, and it's up to us to ensure. This this rising tide of human excrement which is based on hate division is washed away and that we cleanse ourselves as a community because we are ultimately responsible. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Ascar, I'm hosting today's programme. Let's move on. Now, I learned a new There's a new disease. Look, I've been a doctor for what? 48 years, I think? No, no, no. That's I lie. 43 years. 44 years. This is my 44th year as a doctor. And I learned about a new disease this week called long term welfare dependency. You see, that same type of mentality that led to the Christchurch slaughter. That same mentality is the type of mentality we are seeing in governments and bureaucracies in relation to the 33% of Australians who are on social security benefits, who require social security benefits, not welfare to survive. It's the same mentality of degradation, marginalisation of people who, in the majority of cases, through no fault of their own, find themselves in difficult economic circumstances. Whether they can't find a job, whether they're disabled, whether they're single parents. Or if they're old-age pensioners, who are not living on their superannuation benefits. So we've had this 20-year... Attack on people on social security benefits in this country. A 20 year attack which has resulted in deaths, suicide, illnesses, despair, poverty. A 20 year attack. Everybody who receives some type of social security benefit is somehow regarded as not a real Australian. Not a real Australian. And somehow, if people are on long-term Social Security benefits, somehow they're really not quite... It's an illness. So we've got this term, long-term welfare dependency, this new disease which the government in its wisdom is attempting to treat, I should say, perform surgery on by creating a cashless card. By quarantining people's benefits. By forcing them to jump through hoops nor to survive. And the latest example of how evil, and I will use the word evil here because it is structural. It's not ideological, it's structural. Evil is what's happening to single parents. Who have been called in with small children to jump through hoops. In order to continue to receive their single parents' benefits, I mean, one of the one of the most long lasting benefits of the Whitlam Labor Government in the early nineteen seventies was the fact that they actually provided social security benefits to single parents. Before then, they just have to rely on friends, relatives, adoption. And now we see this attack. What? We're told constantly the most important job a human being can have is to bring up children. It is a difficult job. Those of you who are parents will know that. We all fail in many ways. It is a difficult job at the best of times. And to find yourself in that situation with limited resources and then a government-sponsored private bureaucracy hounding you on a day-to-day basis... And stopping your benefits because you don't turn up to interviews or penalising you is the last thing. If the most important thing in society, as conservatives continue to tell us, is you know bringing up children, why are we creating so many hurdles for single parents in this country? It's the same mentality, same mentality. What we saw in Christchurch is a... Extreme example, bang, bang, bang. What we see in this attack on social security beneficiaries by government ministers, what we are seeing is the long term oppression of people least able to deal with that stress. And if you think I'm exaggerating when I say people commit suicide when they interact with Centrelink or other government agencies, there's a whole list of them, day in and day out. Things have got so difficult that people have case managers to actually interact with the... ..are appointed case to interact with the organisations who are there to provide for their basic human needs. Just extraordinary. Just extraordinary. This to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, Senator 19, I understand, has got a problem. And uh, the head of Divided Nation has also got a problem. They need to be re-elected. Well, she doesn't, I don't think, but her party needs to you know, keep its uh, presence in the Senate. So here you've got two uh, ideologues battling for public supremacy. It's interesting, isn't it? Some of the people that have fanned created this excrement, which is lapping at our feet as a society, are now fighting amongst themselves for the joy of getting people to vote for them. Now, Senator 19 is basically grandstanding in order to steal votes from Divided Nation. It's about his ability to be re-elected. And don't think he may not be re-elected. At its height, Divided Nation was picking up 25% of the votes in Queensland, about 12% at the last election. But it's still a huge voice there. So it's interesting to see them fighting, fighting to create their own little niche among their uh, erstwhile supporters or diminishing band of erstwhile supporters it's quite fascinating to see this little fight so don't get sucked into the hype about Senator 19 because at the end of the day he's just trying to do what he has to do to be re-elected in the Senate and that's what this crap is all about obviously he believes in the garbage he spouts but There is a political dimension to this, and this is this battle at the bottom end by the bottom feeders to see who gets elected in the next federal parliament, who can actually articulate these ideas about the other within the federal parliamentary sphere. And the beauty is how the mass media in this country is falling over themselves to give these people a platform. Now, I have noticed that a lot of the debate has been, you know, um, skewed aside, pushed aside uh, regarding the social media platforms, regarding gun laws. I mean, obviously, gun laws and social media platforms have a role to play in all this, but ultimately, what happened in Christchurch is a failure of political leadership, it's a failure of moral leadership. It's a failure of community leadership. It's a failure of social leadership. It's a failure to confront these ideologues who think that the only way to solve the problems that we currently face is to persecute and marginalise the other. And that's the dilemma, isn't it? Nobody talks about that 1% of the Australians that own own the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication I mean, they sit in the background and plug away. Nobody talks about the fact that Social Security benefits are so low in this country because people don't pay adequate tax. who have got enough money to pay adequate tax. Nobody talks about tax avoidance. Nobody talks about all the corporate welfare that exists to give people with money more money like negative gearing laws where the Labor Party's beginning to look at this issue. Franking credits, giving people money because they own shares. You know, taxpayer keeping. Nobody talks about the decline of the public uh, education system as more and more billions of dollars are pumped into the Catholic education system and the privately independent so, independent school uh, education system. Nobody talks about the concentration of media power. Now, I know everybody thinks today that it all happens on social media. Well, it doesn't all happen on social media, because today even the old legacy media continues to set the agenda on a daily basis about what is news, what is important, what isn't important. No wonder Mr Murdoch continues to bankroll The Australian, a newspaper that has never made a dollar profit in its 50-year history, because... Of the amount of influence he's able to um, have on the parliamentary agenda in this country, and, and if it means marginalising people, if it means um, you know doing this in order to make a buck, well, that's the uh, price you pay. Now, I was very interested in, to hear. That one of the bureaucrats who's appearing before the royal commission into the aged care sector talk about bottom feeders. That's right. This is my bugbear. This is one of my great bugbears. Is the fact that we have been sold the little sick pup that privatisation and corporatisation is the answer to every human, social, and environmental problem. Or issue in the world. And what we've seen over the last 40 years in this country. Is the transfer of wealth. Transfer of taxpayer wealth. That's right. Our wealth. Tax wealth. Tax income. From the public sector to the private sector. And with the deregulation mania. What we've seen in every aspect of human endeavour in Australian society, what we have seen is the monopolisation of service provision by unaccountable corporations. Now, it's interesting to hear this bureaucrat talk about 80% of the people who are making applications of the organisations that were making applications to uh, look after aged care packages in the private sector were bottom feeders. And we have the same issue in every field of human endeavour that has been privatised and corporatised in the country today. For example, the national disability insurance sector. This will be a great employer as more and more people are processed, as more and more people's claims are accepted and as the need for care is quantified. But what? who provides it? Is it a government agency? Or is it going to be a whole host of small companies initially and eventually three or four co- corporations seeing the provision of this care as a backdoor into the Treasury. And that's what we see. I mean we're having an aged care royal commission for one good reason. Because of the privatization of the nursing home sector over the last thirty years. We have seen the bottom feeders come in. Whenever the door to the Treasury can be opened and can be and money can taxpayers' money can be used. By the private sector to provide public services, we see the bottom feeders come out of the woodwork. Initially, many small companies, eventually three to four corporations as we see in the aged care sector, as we will see in the national disability insurance uh, scheme sector, as we are seen in the old age sector, aged care packages, as we see with the privatisation of uh, the Commonwealth Employment Service, all these bottom feeders making money by ticking boxes, not actually assisting people to find employment in the long term. So bottom feeding or bottom feeders is an essential element of what occurs when public money is issued to private companies and corporations to provide services which should be provided by the public sector. It's no exaggeration to say that 40 to 50 cents of every dollar that pours out of treasury to these organisations goes in administration costs, in ticking boxes and in profits. And no wonder, no wonder things are so bad that state-based organisations like Transport Accident Commissions are offering people self-funded packages where you cut out the bottom feeders. It's the same in the social security system. Just an extraordinary, total waste of money. And to make matters worse, the people that are employed can be undertrained, can be overworked, and are always underpaid. Because the maxim is to create ever increasing profits irrespective of the human, social, and environmental costs and national costs that 's what it 's about. I'll give you an example now I have to laugh sometimes now Mr. Andrews, the Premier of Victoria well who 'll know what who the Premier of New South Wales will be next week, but this week we know that Mr. Andrews will be the Premier of Victoria for the next three and three quarter years. And he's gone into this little deal with a private corporation called Transurban which Mr. Kennett, the former Premier, had a love affair with who basically said, Look, uh, Daniel, we're going to build a tunnel under the arrow for you. It's going to cost us $6.7 billion. That's their figures. Maybe less, maybe more. But all we want you to do is to extend our monopoly that's the keyword monopoly on the tunnel that we have now, and the new tunnel for another ten years. Seems nice, doesn't it? The motorist will pay. We just want to increase our monopoly, increase our fees, and we'll bill you this six point seven billion dollar tunnel. Well, how much profit do you think they're going to make? Around thirty-seven billion dollars. Now, there's not many investments in life where you get a 500% return on your investment. And to make it even uh, sweeter, that that return is government guaranteed. This is what happens when we see governments going to private-public partnerships to provide essential infrastructure. Wouldn't it have been easier to borrow the $6 billion on an open market at, what, 3% interest? Build the tunnel, charge tolls, and the tolling goes back to the government to pay for the initial investment and interest and not give some private corporation a 500% windfall on their investment, government-guaranteed windfall on their investment? I mean, I'm a genius, but even I can work that one out. Now, just in case you want to do something a little bit different this weekend, I'm talking about Saturday the 23rd of March. Now, my late wife, Ellen Jose, uh, when she died almost two years ago, we set up a foundation, the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation, and the foundation's aims were very simple. These were two things that she wanted to do. She uh, wanted to support the struggle for a reconciliation between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians, being Indigenous herself, and she wanted to support young female artists, because uh, when she was a young artist, it was a very difficult time, and she felt that, uh so the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation was set up to do both those things. Now, we've had a number of uh, events, there will be an event this Saturday, if you're in Melbourne, uh, it's a... Uh, free event, you don't have to pay anything Uh, it would be nice if you could bring some uh, food and drinks to put on the communal table but it will be at the Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church at 110 Gray Street in East Melbourne that's 110 Gray Street in East Melbourne you will find uh, more details about this event on the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation Facebook page That's the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation Facebook page. Uh, What we'll be unveiling is one of her uh, more uh, interesting works, Island Pony. In uh, around 2000, 2001, uh, she painted uh, this life-sized horse for an art horse's travelling collection, which was used to raise money. For our different charities, and in late nineteen, in late two thousand and seventeen, the Alan Jose Memorial Foundation repurchased Island Pony at the Horses for Courses auction. Now we've decided to unveil the pony. There's uh, on Saturday the twenty third of March at eleven a.m. Well, around midday. Uh, it's a basically communal gathering to get people together to support the work of the Alan Jose Memorial Foundation. As I said, there's no entry fee. We'll unveil the pony at around uh, midday, come along, take photos, meet like-minded people, and uh, help to support Ellen Jose's memory and her lifetime work to support reconciliation between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians and uh, her work as she grew older to support young female artists. So that's uh, this Saturday, the 23rd of March, 11am to 2pm, Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church, Hundred and ten Gray Street, East Melbourne. Um, please bring food and drinks for the communal table. If you want information, go to the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation page. And if you're looking for a picture of the horse, you won't find it. It's going to be a surprise, and that's the whole purpose of this. So come along and be surprised. Bring the children. It'll be a, it's a, obviously a family friendly affair. So hopefully to see you. Hopefully we'll see you there on. This Saturday, the 23rd of March at 11am at the Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church at 110 Grey Street in East Melbourne. Now, it's funny, you know. You know, I keep talking about the the mantra, you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I keep talking about deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation. I can see your eyes roll back into your head. Well, here's a good one. You know, in the suburbs of uh, Campbellfield and Epping, which are major suburbs in Melbourne, that after a fire in uh, Footscray about six months ago, a chemical fire, the EPA has been actually, that's the Environment Protection Authority, has been going around checking warehouses. And guess what? They have found warehouse after warehouse full of toxic chemicals near residential areas. So what's been happening with deregulation and uh, self-reporting on building sites, what's been happening is the person who's got the lowest quote, no no questions asked, gets the job because it maximises return for shareholders in that particular investment. And guess what? Truckloads, truckloads of Dangerous chemicals now reside in unregulated storehouses, warehouses across Australia. Many run by Phoenix companies where you can't actually find out who the directors are. Who are making a killing, in inverted commas, financial killing, in inverted commas, by putting other people, the community's health, at risk so it's not just a problem for Epping and Campbellville it's a problem around Australia as we've seen regulations removed and self-regulation coming in it's a little bit as I keep saying it's like giving a, uh, a fox the key to the chicken coop before you go to bed that night saying here yeah, darling I know you're not going to annoy the chickens tonight but here's the key just in case you want to have a cuddle same concept And this is an ideological agenda. This is an ideological agenda which has poisoned both the Liberal National Party and the Alternative Liberal Party masquerading as the Labor Party. This is an ideological agenda which has been pushed and prodded and supported and bankrolled for the last 40 years. Where you've seen where you have seen regulations taken away in order to make it easier for the private sector to put, have a make a buck. Look, most, not all, but most regulations are in place for a reason. They're there to protect the consumer. They're there to protect the public. And if you remove these regulations... This is what you get. you got cladding on buildings, which is totally unsafe. You have toxic chemicals stored in residential areas or semi-residential areas or near residential areas. Because the government authorities, which theoretically police these areas, don't have a tooth. Paper tigers. Paper tigers. As we saw in the banking sector, as we saw in the financial sector, it took dozens of years of pain and suffering by thousands and tens of thousands of people for all this to come you know come to light. And we are seeing the same thing today. Now talking about pain and suffering and talking about evil evil. Structural evil. I'll give you an example. I'm going to, this is gonna take a little while. I'm gonna talk about What's driving disunity in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across this country? Now, native title encompasses about 23% of the Australian landmass and the islands surrounding the Australian landmass. That's native title. About 23%. Native title is based on the principle of inalienable Freehold title. And the key word is inalienable th- freehold title. If you own property, you'll have, in the majority of cases, freehold title. What that means is if you've got freehold title, that means it's your property. You can buy it, you can sell it, you can mortgage it, you can use that piece of land or that property as collateral for investments. Now, under native title legislation, mining companies and resource corporations need to negotiate with the traditional landowners before they can actually start any major mining venture. Now, an inalienable freehold title means that you've got a communal title that title is owned by the community as a whole, is owned by that particular community. It's not owned by an individual within that community. It's not owned by a corporation within that community. And what that means is that you cannot use that land as collateral for a financial investment or a loan or a development so the mining sector and the Australian Business Council has been driving a campaign over the last 15 years, which is dividing Indigenous communities on this very question about whether they retain inalienable freehold title or whether it's transferred into freehold title. And they know that once it's transferred into freehold title, it's quite likely that in the long run, and in some cases in the short run, they will be able that buy that land and control that land in perpetuity. So there's been this really vicious, evil, divisive campaign going on in Indigenous communities across this country who have access to land under native title to change that title and make those people basically slaves of those corporations who will then be in a position to grab hold of that land and not have to go through the process of negotiating with the traditional owners who've got an inalienable three-hole title before they can actually commence their mining venture. So keep your ear and eyes open because this is an important issue. It's an exceptionally important issue. And for many of us, we've taken the uh, eye off the ball. Now, I'd like you, if you get a chance, have a look at the little booklet called Driving Disunity, the Business Council Against the Aboriginal Community by Lindy Nolan. That's like Lindy Nolan and uh, actually... uh, The book has been printed by the Spirit of Eureka Publications in South Australia. So it's quite a fascinating book because uh, I don't usually spruik books on this program, but I'm happy to spruik this one because it does make some exceptionally important uh, 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 analysis of what's actually happening in Aboriginal communities today. All right, let's move on. Now, the public housing, everybody's business struggle continues. It's a long-term struggle. We expect it to continue for years to come. And what I find extraordinary is how we have come up with a very simple solution to a complex problem. Now, providing housing for everybody is a complex problem, especially in a capitalist society, where you either rent or you buy or you are in public housing. And our solution, Public Housing Everybody's Business Solution, which is created by uh, public interest before corporate interest, is very simple. It's actually quarantine stamp duty revenue for public housing. And although you may have to make uh, savings in other areas of the uh, running of a particular state, if you quarantine public uh, stamp duty revenue for public housing, you can actually house up to 20% of the population in each state in public housing for 25% of their income within a decade. It's just a matter of political will. So this this actual campaign continues and it will continue. And as I said before, if you're interested, go to the Facebook page, Public Housing, Everybody's Business, to keep up to date with the latest uh, uh, aspect of this particular ca- campaign. As I said, it's going to be a long-term campaign. Uh, the issue of public housing is not going to go away. Uh, irrespective of how many social community housing sector houses and units are built, it's not going to go away because they're basically private organisation. This is an ideological struggle. It's the struggle of whether the state provides or whether the state outsources its responsibility to the private sector. And as as you have seen what happens when the state outsources its responsibility to the private sector, we see the wasting of Billions, if not not tens of billions of dollars of public money, which goes into private administration and uh, and private profits. Now, I cannot believe that the public sector cannot provide a better service for half the cost, and that's the key: a better service for a reduced cost. We have been told the private sector is the only sector that can provide a good service for a reasonable cost it's the other right way around the bottom feeders are out there 80 percent of all these companies are bottom feeders and they will do whatever it takes in order to maximize their profits irrespective of the harm to their clients irrespective of their harm to the nation as a whole you've been listening to the anarchist world this week broadcast across australia via the community radio network my name is joseph and i've been hosting today's program a few Facebook pages, my personal Facebook page, Toscano for the public. Toscano for the public. You can go to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to do one YouTube presentation a week. Uh, I think there's five or six up now. So the YouTube channel, go to public interest before corporate interest, public interest before corporate interest. Have a look, see what's going on, see uh, my opinion regarding particular issues. You go to the Twitter stream, Um, Pipsy P-I-B-C-I underscore A-U. Anarchist Media Institute, anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org. Public Housing Everybody's Business, that's another Facebook page. Public Housing Everybody's Business, you can go to the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation, another Facebook page, the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation. As I said before, lots of things happening, get involved and remember, ultimately, You are the ones who change things because we are the people we've been waiting for. We are the people we've been waiting for. And if you've been waiting for somebody else, well, it's not going to happen. You need to get involved. Well, you don't need to. You should get involved if you want to change things. If you're happy as you are, stay as you are. You can write to me at Post Office Box 20 Parkville, 3052. Post Office Box 20 Parkville, 3052. You can join public interest by... Before corporate interests go, Pipsi p i b c i. dot net. Pibci. p i b c i. dot net. Join us today. We need 550 people on the electoral roll to be registered as a federal political party. We've had a flood of uh, applications come in over the last few weeks. Keep them up. We should be able to apply for registration hopefully by the middle of the year. Pipsi p i b c i. dot net. Sick, sick of what you have to deal with. Want to work with like-minded people. Join us, pipsy.net. That phone number again, 0439 395, 0439 395 Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week via the Community Radio Network on your local community radio station. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station via the Community Radio Network next week. Minds at plot destruction Sorcerer of Death Construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist Wall This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist Wall This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national, and international events. Wash my hands, oh, Lord, yeah. oh no.